0: Today I want to tell you the story of the day that I met Jesus, and the first thing that uh, you need to know about me is that I was born blind. Uh, From the time I I came out of my mother's womb, I had been a blind person. And so every day I had the same routine, and the day that I met Jesus started just like every other day. I got up, and I, I got on the path down to go towards the temple, and I would go down towards the temple, and I would take my place on the wall, and I would beg. Now, I'm not proud of this even, even today to say that I was a beggar. And uh, in our culture, beggars were looked down on as they are in your culture. And the truth is my family was poor. My family was very poor and, and I was blind. And so I couldn't work, but they couldn't afford to take care of their adult son. And so I had to go down to the temple every day to beg. You may wonder why I chose that spot. Uh, It's pretty simple. It's pragmatic, really. I just figured that people would go into the temple and have their experiences with God. And when they came out, they would be feeling generous and they would give me more money. The truth is, the Jewish people at my time were very generous with their money. And us beggars did pretty good. I wonder today why more beggars don't sit outside of your churches. Maybe I'll ask Jesus about that sometime. You know, that day I was sitting there and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I, I, I heard a crowd coming towards me. And, and when you're blind and you're begging, hearing a, a crowd of people moving towards you is, is both scary and hopeful. You're scared because you think, are they going to hurt me? Are they going to mock me? Are, are, are they going to spit on me? Uh, but you're hopeful that they'll give you money. And, and so I sat there not knowing what this crowd was doing and why they were walking towards me. But, but when they got right near me, I don't know exactly how far away. I heard, I heard the people talking. And some of the men looked at one of them and, and said, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Now, this was a question that I had heard all of my life. In our culture, we believed that somebody that had a disability of any kind had that disability because they had sinned or their parents had sinned. And so this was a question that had been asked about me. And to be honest with you, this was a question that I had asked of myself about a million times. And so this question was normal to me. But the answer that the man they called Rabbi gave is what really surprised me. He said, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. I couldn't believe this. Had this man just really said that that neither my parents or, or my sins had caused me to be born blind? No other rabbi, no other religious leader had ever said anything similar to that. They had just talked about what kind of sins we had committed. His, The other thing that struck me as I think back on it was how amazing his presence was. There was something about him. I couldn't see him, but I could tell that he was powerful and yet gentle. I could tell that, that he was courageous, but yet caring. And I could tell that, that he was the one in authority, but yet... He seemed to love those people he was talking to so much. Didn't really have time to process the, the words that he said about me, the kind words really that he said about me or his amazing presence because the next sound that I heard was the sound of someone spitting. When you're blind, you never want to hear the sound of someone spitting. You go like this, right, because you don't know if they're pointing it in your direction, and i heard him spit and 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 i was scared that he was going to hit me in the face and I, I ducked and and i'd been spit on before by many people who didn't think i should be begging so close to the temple but much to my delight the spit didn't hit me and all of a sudden i could hear pretty close in front of me the sound of of a hand running in the dirt didn't know what was happening and and then i and then all of a sudden it seemed that somebody was walking towards me and I was scared, and I backed up against that wall as far as I could back up, and, and even though I was blind, I closed my eyes so tight in hopes that the people in front of me would just disappear. And all of a sudden, I could feel the man rub mud on my eyes. If I wasn't so scared and shocked at everything that was taking place on what used to be a normal day, then I would have been a little bit grossed out at the thought of, spit mud being put on my eyes. Uh, but I didn't have time uh, or energy to think about that in that moment. And I collected my thoughts and I realized what the man was doing. He was putting something on my eyes that we called spittle. And, and that was just saliva and dirt mixed together. And you don't believe this today, but in my time, many people believed that this would have curative curative powers and, and it could help in the process of a person receiving their sight or, or other uh, infirmities going away. And so I realized in that moment that this man was trying to heal me. And I felt good. For the first time in that interaction, I didn't feel scared. But then the guy said to me, go and wash in the pool of Siloam. It was a little Hebrew play on words that you Americans probably don't understand. He basically sent me to a pool that's title is Scent. He said, hey, I want you to go. I'm sending you to a pool called sent." I knew this pool. It was a pool that was believed by a lot of people in, in, my, in my area uh, to have healing powers. And as you can imagine, me being a blind man, many people had told me that I should go dunk in the pool of Siloam. I had heard that my entire life. What's funny now, looking back, is I can not remember if I had ever, if I had ever tried that before. But on this occasion, when this man had rubbed the spittle on my eyes and told me to go wash, for some reason I decided that I would try it. I don't know if it was his amazing presence or that he had spoken kindly of me and my parents, but in my heart I said, I will go there. Now many of you are Christians and you might think wrongly that I I believed I would be healed that I went to that pool that day thinking, oh, this is going to work. I'm going to receive my sight, but that's not really the case. I was hopeful, sure, like some people in your country are hopeful they'll win the lottery, but I didn't really believe that could happen. You see, nobody that we knew of in the history of the world had ever been healed of their blindness if they had been born that way. We had heard of people being healed of blindness that had come on later in life. But never ever had anyone ever had their blindness taken away when they were born that way. And so my thought to go to the pool was not a thought of, I'm going to be healed today. It was just a thought of, I guess I'll give this a try. Why not? Now, it might seem funny to you because I knew about this pool and because I had been by it so many times, that I really had no idea which way to go. But as a blind person, you really do the same thing every day. You try to maintain a routine. And I had only been by that pool with the leading hand of my parents. And so I didn't know which way to go from the wall that I was sitting on and but I, I but I tried and, and I got out into the traffic and it was it was a pretty big traffic day because it was getting close to the Passover and, and it was the Sabbath. And so a lot of people were coming to and from the temple and and I got out into the flow of traffic and I was bumping into people and and I was trying to desperately find someone that would point me to the pool. But nobody would. A couple of people muttered some things and I think pointed, but I couldn't tell. And finally, somebody grabbed me by the hand and they led me to the pool. I got to the pool. The man had told me to wash, and I wanted his spit off of my eyes anyway. And so I bent down to the pool. I didn't dunk in it, but I got down, and I rubbed the water on my eyes. And when I opened my eyes, I could see. First it was a little bit scary, but then it was exciting, and it was wonderful. Wonderful. And for the first time in my life, I understood the word colors. I laughed. I cried. I jumped up and down. I yelled. I, I did everything that you would do when you were excited. And then I thought, I need to tell some people about this. So I said, let's go home. And then I realized, I don't know how to get home from here. And so uh, uh, I, I thought to myself, what should I do? And 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 this is what I did, if you must know. I, I closed my eyes, and I, I tried to remember it. by I tried to remember the way home from my feelings and from my intuition. And this little trick worked. and And I was able to get back to my wall, and I ran all the way home. I was so excited to begin telling my neighbors the story. And as I told them, other people started to crowd up around us. And I was yelling, hey, I'm healed. I'm healed. I can see. Look at me. I fully expected that all of them would share in my excitement. Some of them did. Some of them ran up to me and they hugged me and they kissed me and and they, they jumped up and down like I was doing and they celebrated with me. But others looked at me and said, you're not really that guy that was blind and used to beg on the wall. I was blind and I didn't know how I looked before or how I looked after, but I figured I probably looked pretty similar since nothing crazy had happened besides me receiving my sight. And so I, I just said to him, Hey, I'm that man. That's me. I'm the guy who used to be blind and was begging all the time. That That is me. What happened next is something that I will never forget. It's It's one of the most surprising things that that I've ever had happen to me in my life. I, I thought they were going to be excited. I wanted to celebrate with them. And then all of a sudden a few of them started to get angry because I had been healed on the Sabbath. They weren't excited that a man born blind had received his sight or that I had been healed, a person that they recognized and knew. they were angry because I had been healed on the Sabbath. I will never believe that. The next thing I know, there was some, some yelling and, and and then all of a sudden they were grabbing me by the arm and they were violently dragging me. I didn't know where we were going, but the next thing I knew, I was standing in front of the religious leaders of our day, many of them Pharisees. I was pretty scared at this moment. They asked me how I had been healed, but, but when... When it's the very first day that you could see, you're kind of scared anyway. And now I was standing in front of these religious leaders that I had heard about, but I had not had much interaction with. And they were, they were putting me on trial, it seemed. It was informal, but I felt like I was being accused. And they all seemed angry that I had been healed on the Sabbath. Angry about me and angry about the man that had healed me that they kept calling Yeshua, or in your language, Jesus. I looked at them and probably because of my fear, I told the shortest version of the story that I could possibly tell. I said, he put mud on my eyes, I wash, now I see. I was happy because somehow my short story took their attention off of me and onto the man who had healed me. I had no idea why, but they started to argue amongst themselves about the man. Some of them said, the man is not from God for he does not keep the Sabbath. And others said, how can a sinner perform such signs? And then... Much to my agony, they turned again, and they looked at me. I timidly looked back at them, and because I had been blind, I didn't realize at this point that avoiding eye contact helps you become invisible. And so I looked right back at them like this, and they said, What do you have to say about the man? Oh, no. I went from being scared to being in full-fledged panic. These were the religious leaders of our day. These were the brightest minds in the Jewish faith. And they didn't know whether the man was a sinner or not. How was I, an unlearned, uneducated, ex-blind beggar, supposed to tell them whether or not this man who had healed me was a sinner or not? I hadn't even had a conversation with him. So I gave them the first answer that came to mind. He is a prophet, came rushing out of my mouth. Seemed like a good answer to me. I knew about the prophets, Jeremiah and Isaiah and other guys like them. And I knew that they were pretty awesome. And I knew about their miracles. And it seemed like the miracle that this guy they called Jesus had done by healing a blind person who had been blind from birth was right there, right up there with anything that they had done. So the prophet answer seemed pretty good to me, even looking back. Well, the good news was they didn't ask me any more questions questions. And the, the next thing I knew, uh, my parents were being ushered in. I don't remember the details in between those moments, but I was surprised to see my parents coming in. And, and then the Pharisees and religious leaders asked them this, is this your son? Is this the one who, who you say was born blind? How is it that he can now see? They responded, we know he is our son and we know he was born blind, but how we can now see or who opened his eyes, we don't, we don't know. Ask him, he is of age." he will speak for himself. Needless to say, in that moment, I felt pretty unloved and unsupported. didn't have any idea why my parents hadn't just told them the same story that I had been saying. But when I talked to them later, I, I, I discovered that they knew more about this man named Jesus than I did. And they knew that he was claiming to be the Messiah and that the religious leaders, the ones that we were standing in front of, were threatening to kick anybody out of the synagogue that was confessing Jesus as the Messiah. Now, this may not seem like a big deal to you, but in our culture, being part of the synagogue was really being part of the economic life and the religious life. I already said that my parents were poor, and the truth is, if they would have been kicked out of the synagogue, it would have put an economic strain on them that they maybe could not have survived. I understand this now, but at that moment, I just felt low and hurt because my parents had not supported me my parents left and the religious leaders called me forward again in front of them and uh i was scared again and the whole day had been very weird but the next statement they made is the the weirdest statement of the whole day they said give glory to god by telling the truth we know this man is a sinner they made it seem like the only way i could give glory to my god was to say that this guy who had healed me was a sinner and I'll tell you what, I desperately wanted to glorify God. He had just given me my sight. If there was ever a day where I wanted to praise God, it was that day. And now my religious leaders, the guys that I, were taught to, I had been taught to respect, were telling me that the way I could do that was to curse this man as a sinner. But it just didn't seem right. His presence was too wonderful. His words were too kind. And besides, I didn't know because I had not even spoken to the man. So I looked at them and I said this, the only truth I know at this point, whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. They responded, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? At this point, I was pretty frustrated. I had already told the story of how he had opened my eyes. I had given them that story and now they just wanted me to repeat it. And it seemed like we were going nowhere and I had some celebrating to do because I could see. Their other question, how did he, or excuse me, uh, the other part of my frustration was that it just didn't seem right for me to say something bad about this man. It didn't seem right for me to continue to act like I didn't know when deep down in my heart I had felt that he was a good man. So I asked them this. I said, what do you want, to hear it again? Do you want to become His disciples too? They were mad. I can see looking back how this made them very, very angry. They started yelling. They started shouting. I was very scared. Like, just let me go is what I was thinking. I don't want to be here anymore. But the next words that came out of my mouth are some words that I know came from God. Even writers today in your own country, when they speak of my words that I said next, say that it's some of the best rhetoric in all of the Bible. I was unlearned. I was was uneducated. These words could not have come from me. But as soon as they yelled to me, as soon as they yelled, you are this fellow's disciple, we are disciples of Moses, we know that God spoke to Moses, but as for this fellow, we don't even know where he comes from. My response was God ordained. I don't remember my emotions. I don't remember my motives when I said this next thing, but I know that these words came from God. And this is what I said. Now that is remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly person who does His will. Nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. But if this man were not from God, he could do nothing. It's even more awesome than me saying it is I meant it with all of my heart. I meant every word that poured out of my mouth. I wish that I could tell you that every one of them believed in Jesus as the Messiah, that they all fell down on their knees and repented. but the truth is, they got angry again, and they kicked me out of the synagogue. I left the synagogue and didn't know what I was going to do next. My parents had abandoned me, people who knew me. They had turned me into the Pharisees to put me on trial. I was no longer blind, and so begging was out of the question, but I, I didn't know what kind of job I could have. I was on the verge of tears because what had seemed like such a glorious thing receiving my sight had, had turned into one of the worst days in my life. And then, from behind me, the voice of the man who had healed me. Do you believe in the Son of Man? This was a term for the, the Messiah that was prophesied in the Old Testament. And I knew that he was going to come and he was going to save us, his people, and, and he was really going to save the whole world. But I had no idea who it was, and so I said back to the man who had healed me, Who is he, sir? Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said, You have now seen him. In fact, he is speaking with you. At that moment, I knew that Jesus was more than a man who had healed my my physical blindness. I knew that he was the savior of the world. The truth is, I didn't know what that meant. I wouldn't know that until later, until after I watched him go to the cross and die and and after he resurrected and explained to us that he must, he had to have died for the sins of the world and he had to rise again to conquer death. I understood none of that in that moment. But I did understand that this man was not just my physical savior, not just the one who healed me from blindness but the one who was there to save me. And so I fell down on my knees in front of him and I cried out, Lord, I believe. As I, was, as I was there in front of him on the ground, Jesus said this, For judgment I have come into this world so that the blind will see and those who see will become blind. In that moment I realized that my physical healing was far less important In the spiritual healing that this man had brought me. I realized that he hadn't just healed me physically. He hadn't just healed me uh, with my eyes. He had actually healed me spiritually. And he had taken my spiritual life from blindness to sight. He had taken me from the darkness of sin and death and hurt and pain and frustration and confusion into the light of him and his eternal life. I think back on that day, there's one thing that that really stands out to me. I still have that eternal life in heaven, and I always will, but there's one thing that, that could have been lost that I always remember. Right when Jesus was first coming up to me and talking to his disciples, he said, as long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. During that day, I didn't think of it, but now I have. He could have walked right by. He could have said, it's the Sabbath. He could have said, I'm too famous. I'm too busy. He could have said, who cares about this poor blind beggar? His parents or him were sinners and he doesn't deserve my salvation. But Jesus took action. He stopped and he healed me physically so that he could save me spiritually. And if I could leave one thing for you from my story, If I could just make one point, it would be that you need to take action. For some of you, this may mean looking to Jesus and saying, Jesus, I realize that you are the only person who can take me out of the darkness in my soul and bring me into the light of you and and eternal life forevermore. And I would encourage you to take action and say, Jesus, I am going to give my life to you because I want to receive your life back and have my eyes opened for the very first time. But for others of you in this room, you've already done that. Your eyes have already been opened. And I encourage you with this. If you are going to follow Jesus the way that you have committed to following Jesus, then you must be a person of action. I look in your country... And I look in your cities, and I look in your neighborhood, and I see people all around you that are blind. They are blind because they cannot see truth. They cannot see salvation. They are, they are stuck in the darkness of, of a future punishment and death and sin. And what I encourage you, because I met him, if you were going to be like Jesus, at least the day that I met him, then you need to take action and you need to take the time to reach out to those people. You need to take the time to show them love, to help them with their physical needs so that you can lead them to the only one who can spiritually open their eyes and lead them into the light of eternal life. So I ask you, if you can learn anything from my story of the day when I met Jesus, that you would make a decision to not walk right by all of the people around you that are living in darkness, but to stop and lead them to the light who is Jesus Christ. This band is going to come up and they don't play as good as Heaven, but they're pretty good. They're a good picture of that. And they're going to come up and they're going to sing us in a song. and uh, This song is really an anthem about taking action about you going out and taking action. And I encourage you to sing it at the top of your lungs. That's what we do up there when we're singing to God. And cry it out and say, we are going to take action. I am going to take action. Thank you guys for having me here today.